0: Jules Boykoff, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Nice to be with you, Laurel.
0: You're an expert on the Olympics. You've written four books, and this week you had an essay, an op-ed, in the New York Times, and the headline was, Cancel, period, the, period, Olympics, period. Pretty emphatic. Why do you feel so passionately that the Olympics should be canceled?
1: Well, first of all, kudos to the New York Times for coming up with that title. Uh, They get all the credit for that. But in the essay, I argue that in the time of a pandemic, we need to slow down and think about what really matters in life. And to press ahead with the Olympics would be to create a very dangerous Petri dish, an experiment using humans that will very probably go wrong. If we listen to the epidemiologists today, they're saying that gatherings like the Olympics, where you bring people from around the world and then send them back home afterwards is a recipe for transmission. And I also argued that, you know, the Olympic charter that that the IOC, the International Olympic Committee abides by, has all sorts of humanitarian impulses in it. I've read it from cover to cover numerous times, and I can tell you there's a lot of good stuff in there. It might seem like cancellation is a negative thing, an ominous thing, but it would actually be an act of global solidarity. The facts on the ground are that We just can't go on with an event like this when there's a global pandemic of the proportions that we're seeing right now.
0: Japan and the IOC say the games aren't until July 24th. We have more than four months that they have time to make such a drastic decision. What do you say?
1: Well, there are other major sporting events that are in that exact same time frame. The Copa America, the big soccer tournament here in our region, or the Euro 2020 tournament that have decided to cancel, listening to the experts, listening to the epidemiologists, and they were in roughly the same time window. And so I think that they're gonna have to step up and make a very difficult decision soon, but it's kind of unfortunate the way they've handled it so far, where they've been saying that when the executive board meets of the International Olympic Committee, that they haven't even uttered the words postponement or cancellation. And for me, that's just reckless. If you're in charge of a big event like this, it behooves you to lay out the possibilities in front of you and to have an honest conversation with the athletes. That's who I feel bad for in this situation is the athletes. And let me just say, it gave me no great pleasure to write an essay that suggested canceling the Olympics when I thought of the athletes who might miss out on the Olympic Games.
0: Because you know what that's like, because you were on an Olympic Team in international competition in soccer, so you know how those athletes must be feeling.
1: I do, and I, I know what it takes to participate on that kind of high level, Olympic level. I know the commitment that it takes. I know that the dream can be all consuming to make it to the Olympics. And I know that a lot of these athletes have actually gone into debt to pursue their Olympic dreams. Let's not forget. The countries around the world tend to have olympics ministers like parts of the government that help fund individual athletes here the athletes get a little bit of support from the united states olympic and paralympic committee but it's not nearly enough to stay afloat let me put a finer point on that there's a fencer monica aksamit who was a an olympian in rio this last go-round she's aspiring to return to the tokyo 2020 olympics And she gets about $300 a month from the United States Olympic and Paralympic committee. That's like $9 and 67 cents a day. And she lives in Brooklyn, New York. I mean, how is she going to possibly live off that? So there's economic imperatives for some of these athletes to continue with the games. It's their one chance to perhaps recoup costs. After all, you get money if you get a medal, but it's also a chance to get a high profile and to get additional sponsorships that'll help you pay off your debts and maybe, make a little bit as well as an athlete.
0: Not only that, but there are big financial repercussions for for Japan and a lot of other powerful interests. I think that you wrote in your essay that initially the cost of the Olympics was going to be $7.3 billion, and it skyrocketed to something like $26 billion. That's going to be a bitter pill for Japan to swallow.
1: Unfortunately, with the Olympics, we've seen something I call etch-a-sketch economics where a city is bidding on the Olympics, and they say it's one thing, but then when the Olympics are actually staged, it's a very different thing, and it's much higher. So they said it was going to be $7.3 billion, whereas a Japanese audit, government audit said it was going to be higher than $26 billion. But that's pretty much the case with almost every Olympics that happens. And what I argued in that essay in the New York Times is that Just because you might be a little bit more eager or maybe even desperate to recoup extra funds that you've spent does not meant does not justify uh, staging an event during a global pandemic like we're seeing right now.
0: The last thing I read, Japan's prime minister said maybe they would cancel some events. I didn't see which events. And he said that he wanted to prove that mankind can defeat the new coronavirus.
1: Mm hmm. Well, this is a time when mere platitudes and prayers just aren't going to be enough. The virus does not discriminate by your nationality. It does discriminate a little bit in terms of it affects poor people. They're much more uh, affected by this than rich people who can self isolate. Think what it would be like to be homeless right now in Portland or another city and to be experiencing the fear of coronavirus and not even have a place to settle down and just hunker in without getting moved along by some security guard or police. So the point, though, back to the prime minister is that, yes, um, he has a great imperative to continue it. He has sunk a lot of political capital in this. Let's not forget that back in 2013, when Tokyo was initially bidding on the Olympics, he stood up in front of the IOC voters and said, despite the fact that Fukushima had just had a major crisis, an earthquake and tsunami that led to a nuclear meltdown there, despite that crisis, that everything was, quote, under control, even though things were definitely not under control at that time. In fact, I was in uh, Tokyo and then I went down to Fukushima last summer and things were still not under control. So there's a little bit of a prime minister who called wolf kind of situation going on here where a lot of people are pretty skeptical of Abe, who, as I say, has sunk a lot of political capital into making the Olympics happen. But again, political careers should not mean that we should all of a sudden put all these people in peril. And that's what we're looking at here with these Olympics.
0: You mentioned Fukushima let's touch on the olympic torch relay it was uh canceled in greece but is it still going on in fukushima on march 26th
1: it is slated to go on on schedule on march 26th so as you said in greece they scaled it back in a major way and it eventually canceled it because too many people were showing up and it was a public health situation that they couldn't deal with but apparently The torch will go on in Fukushima starting on the 26th. They're encouraging people to not congregate around the torch run, but still there are people in the area who will be there and who will potentially catch the coronavirus if it happens to be circulating in that area. Another thing is that Greenpeace was there recently doing some testing of the radiation in the area, and they found a number of radiation hotspots right along the torch relay route so as if coronavirus wasn't enough to be concerned about having a high level of radiation is also a consideration for them and hey when i was there last summer it was jaw-dropping i traveled with a scientist who had one of those dosimeter devices that measures radiation and he told us before we started that if it reached a level of higher than point. that we should start to be concerned because it was a danger level i'm telling you laurel there were parts of our tour that we reached 3.77 and the safety level was 0.23 that was just last summer so radiation levels are high across the region and they've decided to not only have the torch relay there but they're actually planning on staging baseball and softball games there as
0: well Wow. Well, a lot of people might ask, okay, why not postpone the Olympics? Maybe do it next year. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are, that seems like a sensible thing on its surface. There are a lot of things that complicate that. Uh, for starters, there are a number of athletes who have already qualified for the Olympic games. They're going to be wondering after feeling that great feeling of, hey, i qualified for the Olympics. Do I have to do it again? After all, typically with the Olympics, qualifications are fairly close to the games so that you get athletes who qualify who are at their peak right before the Olympics, so you get the best athletes who are there. A lot of qualification events have been canceled already, so we'll postponing throw everything into disarray. There's also the matter that it'll actually increase costs because, as we were talking about, they're already way over budget, but now you're going to have to pay for venues to be maintained. You're going to have to pay for staff to stay on as well. And there are people inside of the International Olympic Committee who have acknowledged that postponement is actually tricky business. There's a guy named Richard Pound who was interviewed just a few weeks ago about this. And he said that, you know, if it comes down to it, probably cancellation is a better option than postponement it just gets into a total thicket not to mention the broadcasting contracts like people like you know your company nbc there you know they've put a lot of money so that the rest of us can watch the olympics they put a lot of money into their programming and it's in this nice little pocket where there's not a lot else on the sports calendar at that time and so to move it just a few months down the road all of a sudden you're having eyeballs competing with your own properties like football and so on so It is a complex matrix, the idea of postponing it. And even members of the International Olympic Committee now, or at least Richard Pound, is saying, you know what, we should probably just cancel if it comes down to it, not postpone.
0: I've heard some people say, why not have them just with no fans, just the athletes? What about that idea?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a potential option. But again, if you think about it for a little bit, it gets immediately complex. So you're going to still send athletes from around the world from places that might have coronavirus. They're going to come in contact with people who are working on the flights, people who are carrying the bags at the airport, the bus driver, and so on. How are you going to construct a testing regimen that will account for that and make sure that everybody is safe? You know, the the bottom line is that it's sad and, and it hurts me. And I've had athletes, Olympic athletes, reach out to me in the last 24 hours who've read my column and we just have been having conversation and I tell them it really pains me, but sometimes life brings disappointment and and I don't crass at all about that, but this just might be one of those times for athletes pains me to say it, but it just might be.
0: Were, Were they upset? The ones that talked to you? You know, it was
1: interesting. Those who reached out to me were actually appreciative of the fact that I was standing up with what was probably a fairly unpopular position, certainly in Olympic circles, I imagine it is. Um, But, you know, you know me, Laurel, I'm a social scientist who's evidence driven and everything that I argue is based on the evidence in front of me. And if someone wants to provide me with new evidence, I will certainly take that into consideration. And they understood that as well. You know, I was more consoling them and saying I felt bad of then trying to convince them of anything. Those who reached out already kind of understand the gravity of the situation.
0: You know, we've had boycotts before, but as far as cancellations, this would be the first cancellation of the Olympics outside of the world wars. What's the bottom line here, Jules?
1: The bottom line is that we're in the midst of an unprecedented global uh, public health pandemic, and that we need to take every single precaution possible to make sure that it doesn't spread any further and that we take care of this thing, and that holding big events like the Olympics is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disseminating the disease, and as painful as it is, the games just should not go on.
0: Jules Boykoff, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, Laurel.